It's March 16th, 1792, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. Picture it, a glamorous masked ball at an opera house in 18th century Stockholm. Royals, aristocrats, dancers and military officers mingling in their elaborate costumes, but little do they know an assassin lurks in their midst. Moments later, a shot rings out, fatally wounding the reigning king, Gustav III, although he wouldn't die for another 13 days. I must say, I have respect for where this took place, because if you really felt that you had to kill a monarch, and if for whatever reason you were thinking, I'm going to do it at a big party with lots of people around, then at least you'd make sure it was a masked ball, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was something that the conspirators had been waiting for, the perfect opportunity to kill Gustav, and there really aren't any more perfect opportunities than an event at which everyone's walking around in disguise, Mm. except the king. This is what's incredible about it. He was wearing sort of fancy dress but a costume that included a giant cross over his chest so everyone knew where he was at all times and where to aim <laughs> basically yeah although they shot him in the back didn't they not the front That's true. so yeah. Uh... yeah so the shot was fired by Jakob Johan Ankerstrom who was a military officer from a noble background although he was side by side with another conspirator count ribbing uh, and there was speculation that he might actually have pulled the trigger but anyway as the king emerged from the foyer onto the crowded stage wearing his cape his mask his tricorn hat his gigantic x across the chest his massive bullseye <laughs> He turned around to speak to the person behind him and Ankerstrom, who was right behind him with the gun pressed up against his back through his coat pocket, pulled the trigger. So the bullet ended up going in at a kind of strange angle. But what happened was that Ankerstrom had obviously, you know, he'd shot him at point blank range. He expected him to sort of crumple to the ground. And instead, he apparently just shouted, ow, and remained standing. And so in a panic, Ankerstrom dropped his weapon on the floor and ran away, tried to mingle in with the rest of the crowd, which he actually did successfully. He wasn't actually arrested until the following day because they recovered the weapon and they were able to get a local gunsmith to identify it as his. It is bizarre, that detail that's recorded of the king kind of twitching and going, ow, (laughs) without falling over. He later said, ouch, I am wounded, and was taken away to his room to try to recover from having been shot in the back. But meanwhile, back at the Royal Opera House, the exits were all completely sealed, and the police then started to interview people to see who had done it. But Ankerstrom was actually arrested the following morning and immediately confessed to the murder, although he denied the conspiracy until he was told that his co-conspirators had confessed in full. Okay, so let's talk about why you might want to shoot King Gustav III of Sweden, because you might just look at the year 1792 and think, aha, stuff going on in France, stuff going on in America, this must be part of that, part of this wave of, you know, the people rising up against their leaders. But no, in this case, and it is quite hard to get your head around because you have to imagine the monarchy as being the voice of the people. But in this case, Gustav III was what was known as an enlightened despot. Uh, Mm. So see also Frederick II of Russia, Joseph II of Austria, Catherine the Great. The idea being the enlightenment's happening across Europe. I've swatted up on my philosophy. I believe in the powers of the people, but I also believe that there should be an absolute monarch. I, as the new monarch, want to represent the people. And in his maiden speech to the Swedish parliament, the Riksdag, he announced himself as the first citizen of a free people. And actually the idea was that he would emancipate Catholics and Jews. 
he would stop the nobles from running absolutely everything. And mm. it's the nobility that were in a conspiracy to pop him off. Yeah, the Riksdag, the Swedish parliament, at the time was completely dominated by the nobility and they also had a stranglehold on lots of positions of power and there were big portions of land which could only be sold between aristocrats. So there certainly was a thirst for it. So the king was able to emerge as this kind of strange symbol of the people. And although he restricted the use of capital punishment and torture, he was a big patron of the arts, he actually established the the Royal Swedish Opera and funded the Opera House, which was where his assassination ultimately took place. I mean, you know, we're not sitting around talking about Gustav the Great the same way we do about Frederick and Catherine. So something obviously went wrong. And a big part of that was that he passed a lot of laws which basically made the parliament completely toothless. So he made himself a lot of enemies among the nobility who were used to controlling things. And also he had a bit of a habit of starting wars without permission from parliament, including one against Russia, which obviously made him extremely unpopular as well. Although the war in the end wasn't disastrous, it ended kind of in a stalemate. Although that was very clever militarily, because by doing that, it then triggered the Danish as an ally of Russia to launch a war with Sweden. And then, of course, everyone in Sweden, including the nobility who hated him, had to say they were on his side against the Danish. Um, So actually, the very people that privately hated him had to publicly stand by him. Yeah, he started work on opposing the French Revolution. And specifically, he aimed at forming a league of European monarchs to put Louis XVI back on the throne. But the Swedish nobility remained just completely opposed to him. And it was at this point that they initiated their assassination. Yeah, but he almost managed to escape with his life because one of the plotters got cold feet at the last minute. So when Gustav was having a private dinner with his friends and associates before this masquerade ball, he received an anonymous note from this conspirator who'd had second thoughts, basically warning him that, quote, certain individuals exist both in the provinces and here in the city that only breathe hatred and revenge against you, indeed to the extreme of wanting to shorten your days through murder, which is a very vague warning considering that he was actually a member of the conspiracy and he knew exactly exactly what was supposed to happen. But the king had actually received a lot of death threats. And so he didn't take this one extremely seriously. He went up into a box facing the stage, which is where the ball was taking place. And he stood there exposed for about 10 minutes. And then he turned to his friends and said, this would have been an opportunity to shoot. Come, let us go down. And it was then that he was actually shot as he made his way back onto the stage. Yeah, I think he was confident no one was going to shoot him, not because he thought he was popular, although he actually was popular amongst Mm. a lot of the public, but because he'd been on the throne for so long. You sort of read about him annoying the nobility by staging a coup, because that's kind of what happened. Even though he was king, he had to effectively overthrow the parliament to, to get more power to enact what he wanted on behalf of the people. You read about that and you think, oh, well, that really annoyed the nobility. So obviously then they plotted to kill him and then they killed him. No, 20 years went by. Been on the throne for 20 years by this point. So he must have had decades of people writing to him saying, Look, mate, someone's going to try and kill you. And he must have just thought, Yeah, this happens all the time. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> the conspirator who tried to warn him off was a guy called Lilyhorn. Um, and actually, it was lucky for him that he had written the letter, even though it was anonymous, because he was able to prove that he had written it. And then once the comeuppance came to all the other conspirators, it was Lilyhorn who didn't end up hung, drawn, and courted. I mean, what happened to Ankerstrom was really. <laughs> I mean, belt and braces. They flogged him in public for three days. Then they chopped off his hand because it was his hand that had killed the king, you know, his trigger finger. Then they executed him. Then they courted him. Then they put him on display. None of that's fun. Pretty strong message there. Don't try and kill the king. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the other conspirators seem to get off relatively lightly in comparison. Well, they were all nobility. That's the thing. You wouldn't want to kill too many of them if you were also nobility. 
One of the very weird details is the idea that it wasn't actually the gunshot that killed him, but 13 days later, he went to see a surgeon called Daniel Thiel, who then treated him, and it was after this that he died very quickly. And some people have uh, subsequently speculated that actually it was the visit to the doctor, who was also, by the way, known to be an adversary of Gustav, that did for him rather than the bullet itself. Yeah, he died of septicemia, didn't he? Yeah. Um, which was poisoning, possibly from the bullets and possibly from the surgeon, but not from being shot, exactly. Right. At the time, the wound was not seen as being life-threatening, hence why in the immediate aftermath he was escorted to a bedroom rather than, you know, rushed to the nearest doctor. And he actually remained pretty lucid. He was still in charge. He received visits. He even received visits from some of the aristocrats to apologise for their opposition to him. Hey, my guy, please don't <laughs> hang, draw and quarter me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. I mean, it didn't go very well for him because he did ultimately die, but it did go well for the Swedish monarchy, or as well as it could have done, bearing in mind what was going on in France because he lived. Like, actually, if they'd succeeded in shooting him and then were able to go to the parliament and say, ha-ha, we've killed the king, I'm the Mm. new king, then that would be fine. But they couldn't because that would be confessing to the crime when the guy's still alive and technically the king. So for those 13 days, he managed to build up public sympathy. The murderers couldn't claim the country because the king was still in charge. So it wasn't clean. It was a real mess for everybody concerned. But what it meant was it bought him the time to keep the monarchy alive. His teenage son ended up inheriting the throne sort of uncontested after that. One very weird little footnote was that Gustav was actually preparing to establish a settlement in the southwest coast of Australia that was scuppered by the fact that he had gone to war with Russia, which kind of took over his attention and caused him to lose focus on this other sort of madcap um, colonisation plan. But it's just this sort of wild potential alternative history that Gustav III was planning to sponsor an equivalent venture to the Botany Bay settlement being established by the British. He could have been killed in Sydney Opera House instead. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. Here are eight St. Patrick's Day facts that'll have you saying, I wish I knew that sooner. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.